Welcome to Board Game Binge, the place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're chatting with Jason Wright, founder of Sovereignty, an entire board game library in just one app. Sovereignty's goal is to capture the feeling of sitting around a gaming table with your friends, whether you're on a computer or mobile device. Jason, welcome to The Binge. How are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. It's great having you. This is, I get excited when I have interviews like this because I get to touch on something in the board game industry that's a different angle, something coming at it from a completely different perspective, right? Usually we're talking about Kickstarters or maybe content creators, but to get into the digital side is something I've had on my list for quite some time. So it is awesome to have you here on the podcast. Um, Before we get into sovereignty and you know, some people give it different names like Sovranti or Sovranti. So we'll get into that in a little bit. Sure. But first, what's your background, man? What were you doing before you got into all this kind of stuff? Before I before I saw the light, uh, yeah, no, I was uh, I was running IT departments, uh, software development groups for a bunch of different companies over the last twenty five years. So, so I spent a long time kind of doing that and uh, building up groups, building a lot of. A lot of applications. Uh, so it was kind of this whole software as a service and cloud computing and all that stuff. That's kind of my background. And uh, as we got into, you know, as it became the right time to, I had a good time. I had uh, been threatening to start a company with another buddy of mine for 20 some odd years. And so yeah. we, we kind of said, hey, this is the right time for both of us. So we, uh, we gave it a shot. So. so was it like your background was in programming, was it networking, network managing, cloud? So, like- yeah. So mine's a little bit uh, jack of all trades, I guess, master of none. Um, I a uh, ton of networking background. Uh, that's kind of an operations data centers, uh, built a lot of data centers uh, for a lot of different groups. Uh, did a bunch of consulting around data centers to build these tier three and tier four data centers around the country for, you know, big, you know, banks and stuff like that, or, uh, just what we were doing for various companies I worked for. So that was my thing. Uh, did programming, but was really kind of kind of got away from it as I got into more of the network side of things. So it kind of started there. And uh, you know, my actual background is electrical engineering. So it kind of kind of went all over the place as I found my way into data centers. And suddenly all of it kind of worked together for a long time. And uh, but then I ended up running a lot of development groups just with the background and kind of the, you know, kind of the big picture stuff. So I, I kind of uh, support side of things, development side of things, operation side of things. Uh, those were kind of all my, that was what I was doing. So it, it, it's all translated well, cause I've had, you know, had to deal with all these different organizations, but. Uh, sure, well, project management, I would say is probably one of the biggest things that I see across all industries, sure. quite frankly. When you talk sure. to somebody who's either, come from a, did marketing in a company or somebody that's been sales in a company or in this case, networking, so forth. These are all things where you're doing project management of some sort, right? Okay. And you're yeah. having to interact with people who have skill sets that might complement yours or maybe different than what you have. And, you know, you're building teams and so forth. So these are all the same skill sets you're going to use no matter what you do yep. uh, going from company to company, especially when you kind of branch out on your own and decide to uh, to do your own thing, I guess. Eh? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So Adele, it's all weird how it all worked out, but it's uh, it's been good. So what was the catalyst? Was it the the desire to do your own thing, or was it the uh, you know COVID? Like, was there something specific that kind of sparked us saying, okay, now yeah, no, we? Uh, I, w- I wish we had the. Uh, I shouldn't say wish. I, you know, we didn't certainly didn't have COVID in mind when we started this. We started sure. this. Uh, it's been a little over four years ago. Actually, wow. we started this. 
so we were just kind of looking at what the offerings were out in the marketplace. Um, and the thing that we felt was missing was the social aspects, right? I think that's why a lot of people, I won't say everyone, but there's a definitely a big group of people that what they're trying to do or what they love about gaming is the activity, but it's the social activity, right? I'm yeah. there with my friends. I'm having a good time. Obviously COVID completely put a, a giant monkey wrench into all of that. I know we're just, I literally uh, last week was the first time my group got together in a, well, whatever, almost a year and a half, not quite. Yeah. Uh, that we had been running for 15 years prior to that. So, wow. Um, so that was the thing that was missing. Uh, you know, how do I feel like I got to see the table? How do I, you know, if I sit down and I look at a lot of these apps or a lot of the things that are the, or a digital version of a game, you know, can I intuitively play it? If I played it on the table, can I play it in the game and vice versa? Yeah. And so those were all design criteria when we sat down and said, here's what's missing. Um, you know, so I when have, you're like four years, right? So you said you're working on this for four years where yep. it's, it's literally just kind of launched now, right? Or just yep. recently you launched it. That's a long time to go uh, without a revenue month. So yes, did is. you still, did, was this kind of like you're moonlighting this and you're still working your day job at the time? Or have you gone like four years or, or did you have investors? Like how did you bridge that yeah. four years? So uh, for the first two years was just uh, the group there were again, there's three founders yeah. uh, that we got together and it all worked together. I realized after I put the three of us together that I'd worked with either one or the other of these individuals for 25 years. I kind of, but never okay. together. Yeah. So I literally went from, you know, Tom, who's a CTO and the lead architect and, and, design, and developer. And I worked with him for years and then I flipped over to another group and worked for, you know, that individual for Greg with for eight years. And then I went over and pulled Tom into what I was doing for another four and then back to Greg for sure. six. And I said, you know, it's time to put us all together. So, so that's kind of what we did as far as um, how we spent, you know, we were fortunate in kind of where we were at in our careers okay. and had done well and had some time and said, let's give it a shot. And it was one of those things like, we'll give it a year. Right. We, we sat down we looked at all our finances. We'll, we'll give it a year. Yeah. Year turned into two. <laughs> yeah. Year turned into two. And then about two at about the two, two and a half year mark, yeah. we said, yeah, we, we've got a, it's growing good. We've, we've, we kind of set the first year, you know, uh, just figuring out how to do it. Uh, this wasn't our, you know, doing gaming was not what we had been programming, what we've been developing, what we've been doing. So it was, can we do it? So it was proof of concept the first year. Second year was, okay, now let's actually build the prototype uh, actually the way we thought we wanted to. Uh, learned a lot there. And so this version is about two, a little over two years old. So we kind of started again because it's all platform. It's like, so it's very much an iteration. Um, but about two, about two and a half years ago, we went out and got some investors. It's yeah. kind of friends and family, people who we've worked with before and kind of trust what we're doing. So we've got something here. Uh, we just need you know more time. And so we were able to actually hire some folks. So we actually have a couple more developers that are working with us now. Um, yeah, and we're, we're kind of going down the list. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun. It's been, uh, uh, super educational from our side, just trying to figure out how do we make this all work? How do sure. I, you know, so before you actually that. started it, how yeah. long had you been gaming for? Like how, how oh, long? Geez. I mean, since I was, you know, 10 or whatever. So it's, you know, it's, it had been, you know, heavy into the board gaming, I would say probably has been 20, 25 years. Okay. We played board games, but certainly not with considered the modern board games right it sure. wasn't uh that was kind of new ish to me you know 25 years ago and kind of what this is this is great and, and a good group right it's that's a big part of it you know i kind of fell into a group that was 
playing a bunch of different board games and they introduced me to it. And that's the same group that we're still running, running with today. Um, you know, some, whatever, 20, 25 years later. So now your platform is predominantly, um, and we'll get into the platform in a second, but yep. the, the platform is predominantly casual games or what I call gateway games, right? Yep. Agreed. Um, is it, is that typically the style that you've played over the past 25 years or have you been more into heavier games, which is solid it's, for the online uh, media? It's a mix. Online? Um, it's certainly stuff we play. Um, I'd say we're on the lighter side of heavy, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, for our group, and it's just timing, right? I, I'm I'm past the time when uh, I had uh, eight, 16, multiple days to play a particular game, right? We'll leave yeah. it here, set up. We'll spend another 10 hours tomorrow on it. That We're kind of past that, or I am at my, at, you know, I've got a couple of boys, although now one's in college and one's in high school, so I've got yeah. more time. But uh but yeah, we're kind of, you know, if the box says two to three hours and it's accurate, that's kind of the, that's the kind of the outside of what the group can handle, right? We get together at a you know, work night and we hang out for three, four hours and that's what we do. So it's kind of that, you know, it's heavier stuff, but it's not, I shouldn't say heavy, it's middle, middleweight stuff, right? We aren't getting yeah. into the, the twilight. It's, it's amazing, eh? Like as you go through life um, in different stages of life, your access to time changes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think back to, uh, you know, when we play uh, Shogun, which then later became oh, yeah. Samurai Swords yep. and your minimum five hour campaign, right? Yep. Minimum. And that was, that was exhilarating, right? Be able to think of a weekend over multiple days playing a, playing a board game. Yep. Our, our, I would say limit now is like an hour and a half, two hours tops. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like I just don't have the time. Right. Yep. And I think too, now in this digital age, when everybody is used to getting information fast and quick and, you're, there's no downtime, right? So anytime if somebody's on a couch and commercials come on TV, out come the smartphones and they're flicking through the news. And so the, yep. you have this lack of um, downtime that you would have in the past, yep. right? That was acceptable. And I think now that maybe the patience level that people have in between turns and so forth is probably a lot lower than it was even uh, 10, 20 years ago. Oh yeah, absolutely. So when you create this platform, so it's called Sovereignty. Talk yep. to us a little bit about the name. So how yeah. did you come up with this name? Because I know when I first, when we first met, I was like, uh, Sovereignty? How did you guys yeah, come yeah. up with the Sovereignty name? What does that mean? Is it like <laughs> some, this is symbolic or something? You're like, no, it's Sovereignty. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it eventually became symbolic, but it's, it became a symbolic uh, of kind of how not to put a name together, maybe. Um <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the whole thought, I mean, first and foremost, you're starting a company, you got to come up with something that I can, you know, we wanted all the social media tags, we wanted yeah. the domain name and all that stuff, which meant pretty much if it was a real word, it wasn't available, uh, as far as we could tell, at least all the things that we came up with, that we check, and yeah, that one's gone, been gone for 15 years, you know, that one's been gone for 10, right, so yeah, uh, you have to kind of come up with something, and so we kind of were messing around with a bunch of different things, that at the time, we were, you know, as we knew what we wanted to do and we wanted to include VR as part of it. And so we said, well, can we do something, you know, with VR in the name? And so we kind of said, and so that kind of started, you know, the track kind of looking and we kind of hit upon this, at least what we thought was a good spelling for sovereignty um, with VR in the middle, just saying we weren't going to emphasize it, but maybe down the road. So, mm. and we kind of like the, the sovereign piece of it, right. It's kind of master your own domain was kind of this, thought process of what we had, right? You've got yeah. your avatars and you've got your environment, you get to pick and choose and kind of, you know, kind of pick, you know, what what you want to experience while you're playing. And so it, it fit well with kind of where we wanted to go. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how it went. Um, and we actually up until, I guess it's been about a year, a little over a year ago, we kind of set 
well, actually, no, it's been two now. COVID just kind of doesn't exist that year. Yeah. Uh, so it's been about two years ago. We said, you know, uh, maybe we aren't going to do uh, VR a uh, year and a half, I guess. But I go, let's said, hey, let's. And the main thing had to do with technology. It wasn't that the game didn't work. People actually saw it and they really liked it. Uh, interface was clean. That was a big part of our design, right? Super intuitive, super easy. You could put it in front of anyone. Um, but the technology just wasn't there. And it's just, it's all got to do with resolution and super technical or, yeah. you know, you think you got a thousand pixels that have to do your entire field of view. And now I've got a, a card with a whole bunch of text on it. And somehow you've got to make that all readable. And so it's coming, right? The newer stuff is definitely better and we'll pick yeah. that up at some point. But for right now we're focusing on, you know, iOS, Android, PC, Mac, kind of all the mobile and, and desktop platforms. So I think the obvious question is, you know, you've got Tabletop Simulator, you've got Tabletopia, you got Board Game Arena, uh, you know, several others. You know, why? And, and what is the rationale for sovereignty in this marketplace? Yeah, um, I mean, it, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, back to the same thing. It was, you know, what we thought was missing in all of them was that social piece. Um, mm. You know, you've got kind of this disembodied hand in the Tabletopia and Tabletop Simulator. And they don't understand. So a big, you know, we looked at all the barriers we thought for, yeah. to getting people into a digital, you know, in front of digital board games, right? How do I do this? How do I make it accessible? Um, obviously, you know, when you've got just, you know, more of a 3D sandbox, which is the tabletop simulator and tabletopia, which are fantastic for prototyping, fantastic for a lot of groups and, and were fantastic over the whole COVID thing, right? A lot of publishers yeah. ran because they just had to get their stuff. And it's super quick to, to turn those over because you're just Iterate putting those 3D so assets forth. in. Yeah. And it's great. Uh, but again, it doesn't know anything about the rules. It can't prompt. And so that was one of the things we wanted to tackle as a challenge was we wanted to help people learn games. We wanted to kind of give you kind of the, the rails to, to guide you through so as kind of an early test, I put my dad on Sushiko Party, right? He's a, he'll play you know, online, he you know, won't play much, but, but for um, cards, like he's a big card player and pinnacle and all that kind of stuff. So he's certainly comfortable in those situations. Um, but Sushiko Party was just a completely different animal and all these other things and other rules. I said, for the first time, just click on things that turn green in front of you. You're not gonna win, but we'll explain things as it goes. And you can't go wrong, right? You just pick mm -hmm. something and you play. And by the end of the game, you know, the, you know, towards the end of the first game, he figured out what was going on, understood how points were happening, but we didn't have to spend, you know, 15, 20 minutes kind of explaining all the stuff to it. He just kind of jumped in. And by the second game, he was doing well. So it, it was that kind of mentality of, you know, we've got little prompts at the top of the screen that says, uh, you know, here's what's expected of you. Either it's, you know, it's James's turn or, hey, uh, select a card to continue or pick two of these or, or whatever is correct for the thing. So that was a big piece for us to just kind of make sure it comes back to accessibility, right? A lot of these yeah. games are intimidating and back to kind of the gateway concept. We wanted to get a lot of people that maybe don't know their gamers yet into gaming, right? Into board games specifically. And so, this was kind of a way for us to do that and make the interface super simple. Uh, and yeah, so that's kind of how, how all that kind of came about. I was just about. screen sharing while we're talking here, just yeah. uh, showing people the, uh, the interface. And for me, I think the measure is, and I, I think you're right, Tabletop Simulator, uh, Tabletopia is good as well for kind of um, development. I think TTS is probably, that's the acronym for Tabletop Simulator, yep. is the uh, the go-to for a lot of publishers now because you're right, you can iterate very, very fast. Now, I was working on one last night and, uh, you know, I was, I was about to 
do a, a print and play. And I'm like, you know what? I might as well throw this into TTS and yep. you know, I can do it way faster. And then I can also call my friend and say, Hey, let's play a game yeah. and get their, their feedback. The challenge with that is you're having to, um, you know, pick up the dice and roll the dice. You're having to physically pick up cards, the rule, you have to understand the rules ahead of time. Yep. You can make errors. And for me, I think a lot of these platforms, um, people have resulted in, you know, going to um, Discord servers uh, just mm-hmm. to handle kind of the the social aspect because the uh, video and audio has been so poor in a lot of these different platforms where Discord seems just to be the easiest way to do yeah. that. And I, I think the measure would be, you know, is this something grandma could do, right? Because grandma's not yep. getting on, on a Discord server. Yep. That's the same thing. Yeah. I'm not going to put, I wasn't, I'd never put my dad in front of tabletop simulator or tabletopia, uh, even board game arena, which, you know, they're probably the closest from a, you know, full rules enforcement. Um, and again, are great. And they're coming up and you can kind of see the Delta and the number of games, you know, that are on like tabletop simulator and tabletopia versus board game arena and us, right. It's, it just takes a lot more time and a lot more effort to do those kind of things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but it's it's been anyway, yeah, that that's more or less what we've been trying to do is is give them all the stuff that they need to um, to understand the game quickly and not have to worry about the rules and not have to worry about how do I do all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I, I think the, the the trap a lot of people can fall into is they look at Kickstarter, right? And they think, oh, well, you know, gamers, and I'll put that in quotation marks. Um, you know, they're playing heavier games, they're playing D&D, they're playing games that have minis and so forth. My belief is that the majority of the market is actually at that gateway game level and at that casual game level. And as you said, maybe not even know that they're gamers, right? They just enjoy having social interactions and it just happens to have some, some game pieces in front of them while they're doing that. Um, when I look at how you program, and, and we'll get into some of the games you have on your platform so far, and I know there's a lot more coming, but was that part of the sweet spot for you guys to say, you know what, we know that, you know, we're casting a net here and we're just gonna get way more people if we kind of hit these kind of casual games and gateway games and so forth. Yeah, it was, it was twofold. I mean, it was certainly a, a lot of that, right? We want games that were familiar games mm-hmm. that were, were approachable. Uh, we definitely want heavier games and we've got a few of those, um, but they certainly is a, there's a timing aspect to it. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I take a game that, you know, is fairly, easy, straightforward rules, uh, you know, not a ton of components, not a lot of exceptions to the rules. You know, we can do those in a fairly quick time frame, you know, a month kind of time frame. Sure. Uh, if it's something that there's, you know, uh, like Plan Unknown, right? It's a fantastic mm-hmm. game um, that's on our platform. Uh, he's got uh, basically asymmetric. There's a base game that has, everyone's got the same planet, everyone's got the same corporation and this, you know, polyomino tile, you know, kind of, placement uh, yep. game and but when you when you flip over all the cards there's there's i think uh i think he's got 12 different planets and eight different corporations plus the original starting ones right yeah. so uh suddenly think of you know it's something i we did the math and i should remember the number but it's, you know it's a hundred and some odd combinations of you know 13 times nine or whatever on all these different things that can be happening and it's the replayability goes crazy and just you know, people are constantly trying to, you know, what's the new combination I can do and how can I leverage those, those individual powers. So, but now suddenly think about that. That's a lot of, you know, the interaction and he's got event cards and how they interact with the board. So making sure that you've got a solid design to start with so that all that kind of fits together at the end 
and you don't suddenly are, are writing complete new applications just to handle this one use yeah. case. Uh, Isla Cats is another example of that, right? Yeah, Isla Cats, no, although the concept is fairly simple, the game itself is fairly is, complex, right? It, it really is. And, and yeah. that's proven out by we finished up the family mode. Uh, uh, it's been a few weeks ago that we pushed out the family mode, which is a really, yeah. it's a great way to get introdu introduced to the game uh, and to play and kind of understand the tiling and kind of how the families work. But they have, we've been working on the standard mode, you know, kind of moving on and we're hoping to have that out we'll see it's maybe a few more weeks um before we get that and then we'll do the solo mode as well but yeah suddenly you add in you know all these cards and anytime cards interrupts and uh you know there's i don't know how many different cards uh but lesson cards and and all these rescue cards and and all these different things you buy and sell and, and it just adds a lot more uh you know a lot more mechanisms to the game and that adds sure. a ton so which yeah, that's great which platforms is this? What is it? So it's Mac OS, Windows, obviously on the computers you can download it. Uh, yeah, on I Android. Guess your yeah, Android so basically and... any of the Apple Apple products and yep. Android. You know, as long as it's semi recent. Um, you know, what about like an this... Xbox or like a, a PlayStation? Yet. We've got again Switch. the way we work yeah. stuff. Yeah, consoles are things in our future. We certainly are again both consoles and VR are things that you know we're all built on Unity. So there certainly are some. Uh, unique things we need to do, but a lot of those things, uh, a lot of the heavy lifting is already done. So yeah, uh, for us to do that, so we're we're able to do that. But it comes back to kind of time and resources, and the number of platforms, right? Because every yeah. time we publish, right, we got to go through a testing cycle on all those platforms. Uh, you start adding all these different, you know, consoles that just keeps adding. So we've kind of picked our kind of the majority, but we would love to get it to. You know that you can play cross-platform you know that's kind of the beauty of it is i'm playing on my pc and suddenly i gotta go so i i pick it up and pull out my phone and log in on my phone and it pops me back into the game and i continue the game with us and as i walk out the door uh you know back to you know kind of on the go uh and just kind of play anywhere you want so yeah well it's like you look at Fortnite, for example right so yeah. the the big uh battle that was ensuing there when uh, they said no no no, we're gonna pull it from the app store because we don't like the way the monetization's mm -hmm. done but there's a reason why it was so huge is because not everybody has an Xbox. Not everybody has yep. a PlayStation. A lot of kids were actually just playing it on their phone. Yep. So the more, um, and I think there's great times that we're living because you go back even five years ago, this didn't exist where you had cross-platform yeah. gaming, right? So now is like just a great time where it's, it's about the game and less about the platform, which I, th I think is, is awesome, right? Yep. To allow people to access things from, uh, from various platforms and so forth. Yep. So how do you monetize this, um, the, this app? So it's a free app, I guess, for people to join. But how how do you how do you monetize? Yeah, so we came. Uh, we always want there to be something free. It comes back to you know accessibility. I still want to expose people. I still want to give people the opportunity to kind of learn and discover. Yeah. So we don't have any games that we consider quote unquote premium. Everything is free at some point. And what we do is we just rotate what games are free. Mm. Uh, you know, it's three, four, five games. It depends on if we've got events going and stuff like that. Um, are free during the week and we just kind of rotate what's on. Um, we're actually doing our sovereignty Olympics this, this month. So I've seen actually throughout the month, we've got a ton of games. There's like 16, like we just, every week it's a new group because of the events we're running, but basically those are free, right? There's X number of free at any given time in the author. So you can always go out play for free, but if it's kind of like, Hey, I really want to play that game when I want to, you know, I want that game when I want it. Um, then we've got two different levels of membership. One is, uh, you know, it's what we call the gold, which you pay 
Uh, it's three bucks a month, so it's super reasonable and you get access to the entire library for yourself. That's pretty straightforward. And then we have Platinum, which I effectively call our enabler level. Uh, it's basically uh, nine bucks a month, so it's kind of a three to one ratio. Uh, but basically, this, if I've got Platinum and I sit down at a table, a bunch of table of silver folks, I basically enable the whole library for, for everyone at the table. So oh, nice. it's kind of like if I've got three day gaming groups, well, I'll get the I'll get the subscription and then I just enable everyone I'm sitting down and hanging out with. So it's good for families too. We want to make sure it was super affordable. A family wanted to get together or, you know, especially families that are kind of separated for whatever reasons, you've got all these yeah. blended families and you've got distance that are, or that grandpa and grandma or just cousins that you want to play games with. Um, we want to make sure that we weren't uh, it, it was cost effective for, for those groups. Cause again, it was still about the social aspects and getting people to getting people together and, and playing when they otherwise couldn't. And then how does it work with the publishers? So you have publishers that yeah. uh, provide their, their intellectual property. Is there any kind of profit sharing there at all? Or do they benefit from having their game on this platform or? Yep. We have a, it's a revenue sharing model. So okay. basically we take a, a portion of the, the revenue and divide that up by, you know, kind of by playtime on who's doing what. Um, yeah, but they hand us, you know, their IP, it's all the, the artwork that they would send to the manufacturers. So we don't, you know, that's a big part of what helps us out. It's the same thing you put onto any of the other systems as well, but it's not all custom artwork. It's exactly what you would see, um, you know, on the box. Again, I want it to look the same on the table yeah. as it does on our app. So, And in your app, you've got these avatars, right? So yep. uh, everyone, and you can somewhat customize a bit, I guess, hair color and so forth. They all have, I think, the same face. Is there plans in the future to, to bring that in where you see on some other platforms uh, yep. in the video games specifically where you can like actually customize an avatar and things like that? Yep, that's one of the, the next things we're hoping to get to here is that full custom avatar solution. We certainly have lots of folks that are really interested in it. And that's also part of that same thing. We'll be getting into animations and being able to do little dances when you win and things like that just to kind of add that level of uh, interactivity, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we're looking forward to that. We're, we've been working on designs for that and trying to find the right, uh, basically all the right designs for what we're looking for. So we're, we're not too far from, from working and starting to work on that. So I got to imagine the biggest frustrating frustration for you must be just not being able to move as fast as you want to move. Right. Oh, completely. Oh yeah. Like, you know, where you want to go. Right. Yep. But it's like, ah, you, you need that stuff to get programmed. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, it, it comes down to, you know, just, you know, we have the resources we've got, but, you know, it's going well. I mean, we, you know, we really only started putting games on the system, you know, middle, well, it wasn't even, it was probably March. So we've been about a year. We've been putting mm. games on, and I think we're at 16 or 17. So it's, uh, it's been good, uh, good pace, but certainly, obviously, well, obviously, if I had another it's kind of a one-to-one -one ratio. So we have, you know, a developer kind of takes a, uh, a particular title from cradle to grave so yeah. um they do it they'll do all the bugs on it but you know so obviously the more i have the more i have in uh, more i have in the pipeline or more i have um, simultaneous work streams going you know i've got four developers now so that's kind of kind of we've got four in in flight at any one time although we have two people working on isla cats to kind of move that through right now but i think we just launched uh uh skull king just came out yep. uh, late last week um, so that's on the platform. We're working on Dice Miner right now. So those are the three titles. We're looking to kind of figure out what to pivot to for the next one. So that's always fun. We always like hearing from kind of the, the people on the system as far as what they're interested in. And we've had really good re reception from, you know, kind of every, all the publishers we've talked to. Yeah. 
Um, it's been very few that haven't kind of got what we're doing and haven't jumped on board. So, so not that fortunate. I want you to get inundated, but yep. if a publisher wants to reach out to you, how best do they do that? We've got a contact form. It's the easiest way. Um, it's, it's on your con- website, I guess. So yep. Sovereignty. So S O V R A N T I.com, right? So Correct. sovereignty.com. Yep. And there's a contact form on there. Yep. And you can oh, just, you know, again, there's a publisher. I think it's actually under a publisher page. So um, just reach out and uh, let us know. And we'll certainly look again <laughs> back to, you know, we've got limited time, but, um, but I want to hear from everyone. I'm, and it's not just, Again, it's not just the big titles and, and whatever, because it, it, it comes back to, I want, there's so many good games that come out every year that never yeah. see the light of the day, not because they aren't a fantastic game, but just didn't find their audience, right? Yeah. Um, we want to help with that too. So if we believe in certain games, we'll, we'll jump in regardless of kind of the, you know, kind of what they have as far as, you know, how they look on board Game Geek or, you know, it's, it's, sure. are we enjoying them? Do we believe in the game? Uh, and is it the right kind of, you know, effort for what we think is the return on it. So that's cool. Well, yeah. hopefully it'll be some hidden gems that uh, kind of come out of the world work in the, in the near future. Yep. Um, I know that uh, you're very generous in actually offering a promo code for our listeners. So if there's people that want to check this out, uh, Jason's offering a 30 day free platinum access uh, promo code for listeners of board game binge. The code is board game binge. So if you go to sovereignty.com or sovereignty, I just did it to you again, sovereignty.com. So uh, phonetically it's S O V R A N T I.com and uh, enter the promo code. You get 30 day uh, platinum access, which I think is awesome. Bring your friends, bring your friends and people can check it out. And, uh, and you've got some awesome titles on here already that uh, I'm sure. I mean, Isle of cats is coming. uh, You said it's almost imminent now, right? The, uh, Yep, we're working hard and hard and fast on that one. So we got like I said, I got a couple of developers. So yeah, but we like, should be a couple of weeks from standard, and then there'll be a you know a little more time for solo. But we're excited to have that one solo mode as well. Yeah, point salad, so you should go party, planet unknown, forbidden desert. So a lot of great titles on there. Uh, I can't wait to uh, to get my uh, family and friends hooked in themselves because uh, like everyone else with uh, COVID, everyone's kind of separate and uh, looking for. Uh, people to get back into gaming with, you know, it's been, yep. it's been too long. So it's been, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, it was, it's, it's been fun. We watched a lot of people turn their kind of weekly phone calls into yeah. just playing sovereignty. I mean, we have, I guess we didn't mention this any uh, earlier, but you know, it's voices built in. Um, so you can come in like, back to, you know, is it simple enough for grandma, right? Comes in, Hey, do you want to activate voice? Yes. I want to activate voice. I'm playing on my iPad. And suddenly they're talking and they're playing and they didn't have to try and juggle between discord and which just isn't going to work on ipad anyway i mean it works but not when you're trying to do multiple apps that are doing things so uh we've had we've had people who are super technical savvy who have tried that it doesn't work well so again super easy to do so um but they turned it kind of into their their family calls so they get together you know once a week and they'll spend a couple hours instead of just on a call where they kind of rehash the same stuff they're actually kind of experiencing time with them and, and making new memories, even though they're, they're separated. So it's been, uh, we love seeing that, but we've kind of turned into, you know, their version of zoom, their zoom calls. So. Well, if there's one thing I think that uh, if you, if, if you guys have nailed it, that would probably give you like up over most of the other platforms is just that voice integration. That's nice and clean. I've, I've tried it on some of the other platforms and we always just, revert back to discord just because the quality yep. is not, hasn't been there. And I know you've invested a lot in the technology side of this to make sure yep. that 
that is seamless and it is high quality. So I think that's awesome. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. And there's certainly spots for discord too. We use it a lot for ourselves. It's great for the drop-in and kind of the ad hoc stuff. Um, Cause we do kind of limit, you know, you can only talk to the people that are at your table and yep. that's by design. So, um, you know, if you have someone who comes in late and we don't have the drop-in features that's on our short list yet, you know, kind of the, the spectator mode that's coming too, but, um, but yeah, so that's okay. kind of, we, we certainly do both ways, but it, it makes it super simple for those scenarios where you just want to all get together and one piece of technology to do it all. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to uh, get on this platform and uh, play some friends again for people that are listening or watching. Uh, the promo code is board game binge and go to sovereignty.com S O V R A N T I.com. Check it out. I'm sure you'll be absolutely happy as I am from what I've seen so far. All the best this year. And uh, let's talk again next year and see where you guys end up. Love to appreciate the time. All right. Take care. Cheers. Thanks. This has been an episode of the board game binge podcast hosted by James Staley produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply join the Facebook group board game binge and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time.